welcome to the weekly podcast of River Valley Church. We're glad you're here. Our heart is to lead people to Jesus and launch them into their God-given purpose. So we pray you would encounter God in a fresh, new way today. To learn more about our church, visit rivervalley.org. Now, let's tune in to this week's message. I hope you had uh, an incredible, very merry, supernatural Christmas uh, with friends and family throughout the course of the last week uh, and all that was happening there. I hope you're looking forward to the new year in 2018. Uh, I believe God is going to do some amazing things. I know I'm looking forward to 2018. I know there's some amazing things that are going to happen even in my life. Uh, I know I have a almost three-month-old son, which means first steps are going to happen in 2018. I know his first word is going to be dad in 2018, <laughs> believing in faith on that. Uh, I know there's global teams that, that I get to be a part of uh, that I'm excited about. Uh, I'm rolling vacation over. I've never, I've never rolled vacation over, but I actually am going to have more vacation in 2018 than I had in 2017. So I am pumped about that. I hope there's things in your life as well, that you're just excited about what God has in store. And it's not just things like that. I believe that God is going to do some amazing things as well. Um, I believe that even more so preparing for this message, because what I did to prepare for this message is I actually grabbed my soap journal. Uh, again, I'd, I know we talk about it with, with, our, with our Bible reading program. Uh, but what I did at the end of this year, throughout the last week, as I was preparing for this and thinking through what God wants me to speak on is I started to look through some of the, some of the entries that, that I had over the course of the last year. And it's incredible how God weaved things through the entire time that, that maybe I didn't realize that his message was that consistent the whole way through scripture or the whole, day, the whole way through the entire year. But it was incredible for me how it just kind of came to light all that God really did in 2017 that, that gets me so excited about 2018. And one of the things that, that, I was excited about is, is this. Um, did you know that in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, it says that the word of God is alive and powerful? Did you know that? It's one of those things that, that I, think, I think a lot of us know that. I think, I think it's, it's one of those things where I know I could have quoted that verse. I could have told you where to find it in scripture. Um, it, it, I, I would have been able to say that to you. But I don't know if I, if I really look at my life, if I'm vulnerable with, with myself and look at my life, if I actually lived it out. And I think a lot of times the church even um, looks at this book not as alive and powerful, but way more as, as just a really good resource. I think, I think sometimes the world looks at it as a resource. Now, mind you, I believe the church looks at it as a really good resource, but it still doesn't make it the level that it actually is, which is alive and powerful. See, the difference between something that's alive and something that is a resource is a resource is something you go back to uh, when, when, you, when you need 
correction or you need, you need guidance, something like that. The, the, in a moment that you need it, you go back to a resource. And as Christians, we go back to it more often than anyone else because we, we know it's a really good resource. But I believe that if we understood and if we lived our lives that this book was actually alive and powerful, I believe it would change our lives. Because things that are alive need constant attention. Believe me, I have four of them living in my house. All of them are alive. All of them need constant attention. And if we look at this, this, this book as something that is alive and needs constant attention and needs, needs, needs constant interaction with it, uh, I believe it can, has the power to change our lives. I believe that it has the power to guide and direct us more than just a good resource, but as something that, that um, is alive and can make our lives powerful as well. And I want to say this before we dive too far into this, that a lot of what even we're going to cover today, uh, I share in Alpha. And uh, I, I, again, encourage you. I know we talked about it in announcements. I know uh, we said it before, but if you have not been a part of Alpha, I encourage you to do so. We've had people who have had a minor in Bible studies in, in college that have come out of Alpha and said, honestly, I learned way more than I thought I was going to learn. I, I came because it was free dinner and uh, it was it was. It was awesome. So I encourage you, uh, sign up. It'll be starting in just a couple of weeks. And I believe that God does some amazing things through that. Uh, but it really started for me before 2017. I can't even tell you exactly when it was. Um, but it really started when I prayed a pretty simple prayer about this book. I said, God, give me a better desire to read your word. And what's crazy is there are, when we ask God for things that align with his heart, he gives them to us. And all of a sudden, like words started to pop off the page to me. It was, it was absolutely incredible. Just a simple prayer of saying, God, give me more of a desire to read your word because I love to read books. I love to read books uh, about the church. I love to read books that are about leadership. I love to read Christian leadership. I love to read books that are about the Bible and commentaries, all of that stuff. But it was hard for me to read the Bible. And I think there's a lot of people that can relate to that. But really... There's nothing that replaces the word of God and how amazing it is, how, how it's come alive in, in our lives. We see even Jesus said in Matthew chapter four, he said, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. It's, it's, it's our sustenance is what it is. It's, it's, what we, it's what we live by. I know that if I go uh, too long without eating, physically like having, having a meal, I start to get weak. My emotions start to get out of whack. People start to get hangry, all right? We, we, all, we all suffer from things like that when we, when we don't give ourselves the sustenance that our body needs. And in the exact same way, when we go too long without getting into his word, then all of a sudden we start to become spiritually weak. We start to be able to not resist some of, the, some of the attacks and some of the temptations that are happening around us. Our emotions get out of whack. Scripture says that, that when we're in this and when we're, when we're rooted in, in Christ— that we have what's called the fruits of the Spirit. It's love and joy and peace and patience and gentleness and kindness, things like self-control. But when we're outside of the word for too long and we're not giving ourselves that sustenance, those things start to slip in our lives, very similar to actual food, which is why this is so important that we have to stay in it. I know this, I eat more than once a day, right? It's something that, that you have to continually have sustenance, but yet too often the church tries to get by with with just a, a verse of the day or a quick podcast or a quick, quick message from, from a pastor once, once in a while. And there needs to be more than that. We need, to, we need to dive into the word of God. The Bible is not just a place to go find answers. It is the answer. 
It is the answer. It's, it's, it's what, what we live by. As a matter of fact, 2 Timothy 3.16 even says that every word of it is useful. Every word of it. Every part of scripture is there for us, um, for, for us to be able to, to use. To put that Matthew chapter 4 uh, verse in context where Jesus said that it's, it's our sustenance, that, that we live by it. He's actually in the middle of the wilderness being tempted by the devil. He had fasted for 40 days. He withdrew to the wilderness and the devil shows up and starts to tempt him. And it's amazing to me what Jesus uses as his response and his, his, his rebuttal to temptation. He actually says all three times, he starts with, for it is written, or it says in, in, in God's word. How, how amazing is that? Think about this. We have Jesus who is fully God and fully man, all right? But fully God very much so. The devil knows this. He, Jesus knows this. Yet his response in the middle of it is still, for it is written. I feel like if I were Jesus in that moment, I'd have said something more like, well, my dad said, or like when I was with my dad earlier, like this is what, but he didn't. Even he went back and said, it is written. How much more so for us who aren't fully God, but yet completely fully human, do we need to understand and know the word of God, have it written on our hearts so that we can resist attacks and resist temptation, resist what it is and walk into all that God has for us. I also think that some of the reason that we, we don't uh, read this, this book as much is we think that it's, it's kind of a broad spectrum uh, guide to life. It's, it's there for everybody. Everybody has a piece of it. So like it's, everyone has it. So I can't speak specifically to my life. I'm going to tell you that that is an absolute lie, that it can speak directly into your life. As a matter of fact, I want you to do two things right now in the midst of this. Number one, there's a soap card on your chair. I want you to grab it. I want you to hold on to it. Some of you may have already tucked it in the seat back in front of you. Take it back. Don't do that. Don't leave it there. Hold on to it. Whether you want to put it in your pocket right now, put it in your purse, or whether you want to just hold on to it, I want you to take that home and I want us to commit to diving into the Word of God. The second thing I want you to do is if you don't already have it, I want you to download the Bible app on your phone. It's free. version put, put it out. It's an incredible resource for you. If you don't have it, I'm giving you permission right now in church to download the Bible on your phone. You can have your phones out. I know normally we say, don't have your phones out in the midst of this. I am telling you, you can, but only if you are downloading the Bible because God is powerful and he can see you right now and he knows, he knows what you're doing. And if you're not downloading the Bible, he can drain your battery faster than the new Apple update. So... <laughs> slide that one in there. Um, but I believe that it's powerful and I need that because we all have access to it, we have to be in it. And I believe that it's, it's extremely specific to our lives because of, as I look through my soap journal, what God spoke to me through 2017. So with the rest of our time, I want to share four things that I learned in 2017 that I believe that if all of us apply to our lives, that 2018 is going to be the most incredible year that we've ever had with the kingdom of God. The first verse is this, Ecclesiastes 9.10. It says, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. Here's what, here's what my takeaway was, and I think it's your takeaway as well. Identify your gift. Identify your gift. You see the word might in this, in this speaks to your ability. It speaks to a strength or a talent that God has given you. So whatever, whatever you 
know how to do, whatever you've been trained to do, whatever is your, your, your interest, talent, ability, hobby, whatever it is, do that for the kingdom of God. It's one of the reasons that we rewrote the, the class that's now called Next is because we wanted to implement a spiritual gifts assessment. We wanted to be able to resource you with, with some information about how God created you and the gifts that he placed in your life. So we want you to be a part of that. Please, please be a part of that so that you can understand your spiritual gift. But I don't think it stops there. I think outside of even spiritual giftings, God has given you a talent and ability. And too often the church separates their talent and ability from the church. It's something that they do maybe for a job. They do it for work. They do it for income to support their family. And then church happens over here on the side and they never really connect. Other than we pray that God blesses this so that we can give back to this. And, and we kind of, they, they go back and forth to each other, but they never really overlap. And I believe that if God created each and every one of us, he created us with a gift, not just for our own good or for the benefit of society, but for the benefit of his kingdom. To illustrate that, uh, I want to share a little bit of a story of my family. So um, I'm actually, I, I come from a family of farmers. I know I've talked about my dad a lot. He was in ministry. Uh, he was uh, the only one that left Millbank, South Dakota to go, into, to go into ministry. Ministry took him to Wisconsin, which is where I grew up. This is why you all make fun of me for being a Packer fan, um, which I am. But, but many, most of my dad's side of the family still lives in South Dakota and Minnesota. And they're farmers. And a few years ago, they went on a missions trip with their church there to Zimbabwe. And while they were there, my uncle found out that the number one industry in Zimbabwe is actually agriculture. The number one degree as a college student that you can get is in agriculture. And my uncle was like, hey, I know a little bit about agriculture. Like, I, I, I can help here. So he goes home to Millbank, South Dakota, small farming community just across the, the Minnesota border. And... Um, says, you know, we've got this tractor that sitting around. It's an older tractor we haven't used in, in years. We could, they could use this. We could send this over to him. So he starts to fix it up and he goes to the John Deere dealer in town and says, hey, I need some parts for this old tractor. And uh, the dealer was like, why? You have new tractors. You have tractors with a cab and heat in them. Like, why, why would you not use that one instead of this? He says, no, 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 we're, we're, we're planning on sending this to Zimbabwe. There's a community there that, that agriculture is a really big deal and, and the country understands that to pull themselves out of poverty they have to have sustainable food so so we're going to help them we're going to help them do that and he was like that's incredible like I'm, I'm in we've got parts laying around like we can donate them to you because it's for this is for an awesome cause it's a small town so everybody talks uh so so the the paint store in town finds out about it and they're like hey let's paint this thing up again like let's 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 make it John Deere colors again, like vibrant and then bring it on in and we'll, we'll paint it up. And the tire store in town was like, hey, we've got tires for it laying around. We'll just give you new tires. Like, let's, let's, let's hook them up. My cousin actually owns this seed dealer in town. It was like, hey, let's find out what grows well. We'll, we'll make sure that we get everything there. And what happened was, this is, is my family packed a container. Uh, this is actually a picture from my Instagram account from a few years ago. Packed a container full of, goods full of things for the community and in October packed this all to the gills and shipped it off on a train to head to the coast to then get on a ship and go across the Atlantic so in October they ship it up or they pack it up and they ship it out and then they finish the harvest they they get all of their crops in they clean up all of their their tractors and implements and all of that they celebrate Christmas here in America and jump on a plane 
And in early January, they actually meet the container as it comes off of the ship in Zimbabwe. The next picture that I have is actually my cousin driving the tractor off of, of, of the container there in the area. But hear me in this. Okay, hear me. Okay? I do not come from a family of pastors. Not one of the people in those pictures are missionaries or evangelists. They're farmers. And God gave them an ability And they said, wait a second, we could use this ability to actually further the kingdom of God. So in the name of Jesus, they show up and transform a community. I believe that God has given each and every one of us an ability in our lives that when we stop keeping it separate from what God has called us to do, that amazing things are going to happen because God has placed it in you. He's created you with a gift, a talent, and an ability. And when we use our ability with all of our might, all of our strength for the kingdom of God, incredible things can happen. The second thing that that jumped out to me throughout the year comes right alongside it. It's actually this. It's ignite your passion. In Colossians 3 verse 23, it says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men. So it's almost the exact same verse that we find in Ecclesiastes, but there's one major difference is instead of saying do with all your might, it says do with all your heart. And what that does is it speaks to your passion. It speaks to what God has placed in your heart that that burns inside you that I believe that we need to, in this next new year, reignite in our lives. So many of us, maybe we we don't understand or know where, where our passion comes from. I'll say this for the many people that I've talked to in life. Your passion comes from an experience that you've had. For some of us, it was an extremely positive experience. It was something that that you experienced, that you were in the middle of, that you were like, this is incredible. I want everybody to be able to experience it. That's what happened to me. I remember while, while I was called to ministry earlier in life, my first missions trip was when I was 15 years old. I went to Nairobi, Kenya. And I was there. And what, what came alive in my life uh, wasn't that I wanted to move to Nairobi. It wasn't like, oh, this is amazing. It was, it was incredible. But the passion that was sparked in my life was actually watching the team, a group of teenagers, just like myself at the time, get so fired up about what God was doing in that moment that we all were like, hey, we can do this at home. Like if we were just intentional about our day, we could do this. We're not doing anything different than just telling people about what God has done in our lives. The only difference is we're intentional about it. And I thought, this is incredible. I want everybody to experience this so that America can be changed. And I believe that there's times where when we step out in faith, that, that that's why I love having people go on, on, on short-term missions trips. It's, it's not because I believe all of them are going to be called to the mission field, but I believe that when their heart comes alive, when they experience some of those experiences, when, they, when God works in them and through them, amazing things happen and their life gets radically changed here as well. For some people, it's, it's a negative experience. For some people, you, you have experienced some things that... Um, are, are absolutely terrible. And part of your passion may be making sure that no one else experiences what you experienced. That's where incredible ministries um, of rescuing children, that's where incredible ministries of, of, of uh, addiction, rehabilitation, things like that come out of is experiences that people have had that, that passion is ignited in their life to say, I'm going to do everything I can. I'm going to use the abilities that I have to make sure that this this passion, this does not happen to other people. And I believe as we dig deep in our lives that God will, will reignite that passion in our life. And we'll be able to use the ability that God has given us to reignite the passion that is there. 
But it doesn't just stop there. We've got to at some point do the work. We've got to at some point do what God has, has laid in front of us uh, to do. As a matter of fact, in Ephesians 2.10, this should give you encouragement as well as you go to do the work. It says, for we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has prepared in advance for us to do. Here's what's incredible about that verse that, that I underlined and wrote about in my, in my soap journal was while it is good works that we're supposed to do, God has prepared them in advance for us. He's already set the table in your favor. I know when I play games with my kids, uh, sometimes I stack the deck, all right? Sometimes I, I want them to have a great experience. I want them to win. I want them to, to see how it works out. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and do everything I can to have them avoid roadblocks. And I want them to, to, to win. I want them to enjoy it. And really what's happening in life is God does the exact same things for us. Our heavenly father has, has, has done, has already set in motion some amazing things for you. He's created you. He's allowed you to have the experiences you've, allowed, you've, 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 you've experienced to ignite your passion. And he's already set things in place for you to be able to use exactly who you are to be able to do exactly what he's set in place for you. You get to go and, and do what God has called you to do. He's already, he's already stacked the deck in your favor. I think too often, though, we don't step out in faith and we don't do what God has called us to do because we're scared to take that step. But in all reality, behind the scenes, God's like, if you take the step, it's already, already in motion and we get to step into it. Today, I want to I um, uh, acknowledge a couple of people that, that do some amazing work around this campus, that, that do some amazing things. And there's a lot of people that get to stand on this stage and we get a lot of credit for it. Um, but really, there's some people behind the scenes that, that make this campus run, that do not get the amount of credit that they deserve uh, but, but they deserve to, to be honored. So today uh, in this room, if you are a deacon, I want you to stand up real fast. I know that you're here. I was gonna say, come on, real fast. That real fast piece, guys, we'll, we'll work on that later. These are some amazing people um, at our campus. You may have seen them now that they're standing up, that they're leaders, they, they lead ministries, they're, they're constantly around this place, but they do some incredible, incredible work that make ministry happen. And I'm telling you right now, they've stacked the deck in your favor. If you want to get involved around here, these people have already set things in motion for you to enjoy, to love, to be a part of what God is doing at this church. And it's because of them and they don't get a ton of credit. They don't get a kind of ton of, of, of acknowledgement. But I want to say thank you uh, for all that you guys do. Can we give them just some honor in this place? Thank you guys so much. Thank you. So as you identify your ability, as you ignite your passion, as you take that step of faith out to do the work, there's something that's actually key to all of it. The biggest piece of this entire thing, the key to it all is this, follow Christ. I know that seems super basic, but let me explain this to you about how God spoke to me. It was early in January of last year. Uh, I even looked at the January soap card today. We're reading it again this month. In the book of John chapter 21, uh, something jumped off the page to me. Verses 19 through 22 say this. It's Jesus after his resurrection speaking to Peter. And he says, then he said to him, follow me. Peter turned and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved was following them. When Peter saw him, he asked, Lord, what about him? Jesus answered, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You must follow me. And I'll be honest, um, this jumped off the page to me a little bit because um, 
I think too often in the church, we play, we play a comparison game. And we see other people inside the church, or maybe it's at your, your job, your school, whatever it is. Um, and you think to yourself, what about that guy? Like, if, if I only had those opportunities, and if I could be vulnerable for you for just a minute, is, is reading through even my, my soap journal for the last year, where I was at when I read this, the reason it jumped off the page to me is, is I, was, I was in the middle of, of that comparison game. I was looking at other, other pastors and, and, and speakers, Christian evangelists that were about my age, around the world, here locally, even some of them on our team here at River Valley. And I was like, man, if I had that opportunity, like if, if, only, I could, if only I could do that. And I feel like Jesus used this scripture to jump off the page specifically for me. And he was like, Brandon, if I want them to do that, what is it to you? You follow me. You see, God's got an amazing plan for your life. God's got an incredible, if he created you with your talents and abilities, if he's given you a passion for this world, if he's set in motion work for you already to do, he's got the best plan for you. And when you follow him into that plan, that's where you are going to find the fulfillment of being who God created you to be, not by following someone else's dreams or their Instagram account or, or their social media. It's by following Jesus in your life. I believe that what we may identify or, or think that success looks like may not actually be what success for you looks like. But let me tell you this, if you follow Jesus, it's actually better than what you, you see there because it's exactly what God has created you for. And I think we as a church need to stop following other people's dreams or other people's plan for their life, but instead follow Jesus. When you think about this passage, again, I've, I've, I've just mulled over this passage so many times throughout the course of 2017. Peter is face to face with Jesus. He's walking with Jesus. But even in the midst of that, his attention is on someone behind him. Somebody else who's, who's, who's following them behind, he turns around and takes his eyes off of Jesus and says, yeah, what, what about that guy? <laughs> I can only imagine Jesus is like, what is that to you? I'm here with you right now. You follow me. I've got an incredible thing in store for you. You follow me. And we see in the life of Peter then as, as the book of Acts takes off and Peter becomes this incredible leader for the church. It's an incredible plan. It wasn't the plan for John. It was the plan for Peter. And if you would have followed John's plan, then, then it wouldn't have been the way that it was supposed to be. He wouldn't have, wouldn't have walked into what God had called him to be. And I believe that here today to make 2018 incredible for your life, there needs to be a commitment to following Jesus. Not whatever else may be out there. Not what success may may look like in your mind or on your social media or in your business or whatever it may be, but to follow Jesus into the success that he has for your life. As a matter of fact, Jesus himself said it in John chapter five. He said, you search the scriptures because you think they give you eternal life, but the scriptures point to me, yet you refuse to come to receive this life. He says it himself, the, the scriptures point to him. He's the Messiah. He's the way. He's the truth. He's the light in our life. He's the, he's the life that we need to live as long as we follow him. So as we close here today, I wanna to close by, by asking two questions. Before we do that, I want you to just bow your heads and close your eyes just for a moment. And the first question that I have is, is 
to a group of people. Maybe this is, um, maybe you've never in your life given your life to Jesus. You've never made a commitment to follow him. You've been searching for fulfillment. You've been searching for success in, in so many different places. But today you realize that fulfillment and success actually comes from following Jesus. That's what it's all about. Today you're ready to admit that, that he's your savior and you want to make him Lord of your life. Scripture says as simply as this, if you believe with your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that you will have eternal life. And if today that's you, with nobody looking around, nobody looking up. I just want to ask you, between you and I, I'll be looking around so I can pray with you. If that's you today and you want to give your life to Jesus today, I just want you to slip up your hand so that I can pray with you, so that I can pray in the end of the service. Thank you so much. You can do it right now. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. You can go ahead and put your hands down. Um, I'm going to pray with you in, in just a second. Again, that scripture says, if you believe with your heart what you've just done and confess with your mouth, which we'll, we'll do together here in just a moment. Um, but before we do that, the second question is this. There's a group of people, I believe, that this is a moment where we need to recalibrate our lives. Maybe we consider ourselves followers of Jesus, but we haven't really been following Jesus. And today we want to recommit to say, God, I want to follow you. I want to use my talents. I want to use my abilities. I want, to, I want to reignite my passion. I want to do what you've called me to do because I want to follow you. And today you want to recommit to following Jesus in this new year. If that's you, I just want you to lift up your hand as well so I can encourage and, and pray for you as well. Thank you so much. Hands all over the place. Thank you so much. Thank you. You can put your hands down. I want us all to, to pray together. There's three people that raised their hands to accept Jesus today. And what we do here at, at River Valley Church is I'm just going to lead you in a, in a few words. And, and here we all pray together. So everybody's going to repeat after me. But if this is your first time, know that this is your moment as you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. If you repeat after me, say this, say, say dear, dear Jesus, I know that I have sinned. I know that I have fallen short. But today I believe that Jesus, you died on the cross and rose again for my sins. I receive that gift today. I commit to following you. Come be Lord of my life in Jesus' name. God, I pray for each and every person that prayed that prayer for the first time. God, that, that you would do amazing and mighty things in their life. God, I thank you so much for their commitment as you begin this journey together. And God, I pray for those that also raise their hand of rededication as we follow you into this new year. Lord, I know that this is gonna be an incredible year of fulfillment as we as the church come together. Walk in the plan that you have for us, Lord God, that, that, that we become so unified, not because of we're all doing the same thing, but because we're all on mission for you, that we're all following you together. And because of that, Lord, let there be amazing fulfillment in us that the world needs, that they start to see how amazing it is as we follow you. Let that be attractional even to them as we go out in our businesses and in our schools, in our workplaces, as we follow you. God, guide and direct us, we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.